From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. Around this time last year, Kimberly Coyle wrote a post called One Small Way to Steward Your Life Well. In it, she talks about how easy it is to fall into the trap of now and encourages her readers to dream, plan, and read their ideas into being, all the while reminding us to live in the present, but also to plan for the future. Her post challenged me to consider what it actually means to steward my ideas, desires, and talents and consider what it takes to start something well. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an In Your Words question. We're asking our listeners to name one thing they'd really love to learn. Hi, I'm Sarah Harris, and one thing I would really love to learn how to do is sew because I'm so sick of buying clothes and just seeing things that I could totally make if I just learned this one skill, which is sewing. So that's it. My name is April Sliwak. And I serve in Oasis Ministries International. One thing I would really love to learn is a second language. I'm uh, very intrigued by the languages. And when I hear other people speaking a language, and when I hear people um, know more than one language, I'm very moved by that. And I just think it'd be great to just expand myself in that way and learning another language something I've always wanted to learn how to do and I actually tried once was learn to knit um and I tried and I failed so I wouldn't say that that worked out for me but when I was a little girl I wanted to learn how to be a tap dancer and I would still say that's true of me all right so I think we've all been there I think we've all thought of something that we've wanted to try something that we've wanted to start something new we've wanted to learn but It can be overwhelming. I think one of our biggest obstacles is time. One of our biggest obstacles is how. Wondering if we have what it takes. Wondering if we have the expertise and doubting ourselves. And I think that's kind of sad because if we let ourselves get tripped up on stuff like this, a lot of great things can't be brought to life. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people miss out on some great ideas that people have. And, um, I can totally relate, you know, there's times when I see a friend or a colleague who's accomplished something and they think, oh my gosh, I wish that could be me. And then oftentimes don't necessarily take the steps I need to take to pursue those things that are important to me. And so Kimberly, what I love about your post is that it reminds us that the things we see other people do really start out of seeds. It start Mm -hmm. out, starts out very small. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I wrote the post because um, I realized that after a conversation with a friend of mine who said that she had been dreaming about um, something coming to fruition in her life for years and years, and then um, and, and she was kind of going through all the steps that she took to get to the fruition of that dream, and now she's actually living that. Um. And it just, it struck me as she was talking and I thought, oh my gosh, I do that too. And I bet a lot of people do, but we don't recognize that that's what we're doing. You know, we have a seed that's been planted in our heart and we are intrigued by the idea. And sometimes we, we continue to 
pursue that thing and um, and it becomes something bigger and becomes a bigger part of our life. And sometimes it's just a little rabbit trail that you run down and, you know, leads to nothing. But I, I was struck by the fact that she was able to recognize that that was a, something she had worked towards in her life. It became a part of who she is. Even when she didn't think um, that her life would allow for this dream, when it didn't mm. seem like situationally it was going to happen, she continued to think about it read about it pursue Mm. it in a way you know like armchair pursuit she pursued it from her armchair she she just kept thinking you know someday this may happen and when it does happen I want to be ready for it and Mm. she was Mm. Um, which is such a beautiful way to live you know we don't always need to see that the circumstances are going to end up being exactly as we want them to be Mm-hmm. Um, but we can keep working towards something. Yes, you never know what's going to happen along the way. She was dreaming of owning a property where she could become a gardener, like a proper gardener, have a beautiful um, garden, uh, a cutting garden and a garden full of fruits and vegetables where she could provide for her family and she could um, minister to her neighbors. And, um, and she ended up moving around a lot, didn't live in a place where a garden would grow. And, um, eventually, you know, she just kept dreaming. She just kept thinking, this is what I want. You know, she and her husband knew that that was what they wanted someday Mm -hmm. in their lives, but Mm -hmm. their reality did not indicate that that was ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as the Lord led them, it took years and years and years, and they have finally ended up in a beautiful property where she is living that dream out. She and her husband have Aww. this incredible garden, and it's beautiful. it's just a beautiful, it's so beautiful, and I love seeing her dream come true, you know, yeah. even yeah. when it didn't look like it would. And she's written love about it. that in a book, right? Yeah, actually, that it's Christy um, Purifoy. And she wrote the book Roots and Sky, where she writes about that journey to her home and how to make a place that is a home. And um, love that. it's a wonderful book. I, I absolutely love it. But just having that conversation in person with her was was wonderful because I kind of got the, the, the back end view of it, you know, how mm-hmm. she'd been reading and planning and studying and, and all of these things. And um I, I just thought, gosh, I, I hope that I do that. I really, I want that for myself. I want, you know, I want to be able to look forward knowing that I might chase something and it may never happen, but that's okay. Cause it's some, part of the pursuit is, is fulfilling. Yes. 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 Very true. And Elise, we have some experience with that, but I think you have more of a story when it comes to circles of faith and how that was a seed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it probably started, honestly, about 20 years ago when I was um, the state coordinator. Well, I, I don't know that I was the state coordinator for Moms in Prayer, but I was in leadership um, for Moms in Prayer, which is um, a ministry where you really are moms gathering to pray for their children in schools. And it was a ministry that was taking off nationally. And since I was one of these few people in the Northeast who were actually in leadership, I was, I would travel around to different states and share about this ministry. And what I, we, at first we were, um, sort of giving an informational about how to do moms in prayer, how to use the four steps that we use in prayer. But we started to see that people were kind of bored 
and that what they really needed to hear was people's stories. They needed to hear, okay, so you prayed, and then what happened? Um, what was the response to the prayer? How did this work out? What is your story that he led you to pray? You know, those kinds of things. And when we shared real-life stories, the people the audience came alive. They just they just perked up, they got excited. And I started to think, oh my gosh, there is nothing like a good faith story to build one another's faith. And so um, I, I, and I started to see another thing that I found really interesting was, so there'd be the people up in the front of the room, myself included, sharing our stories of God's faithfulness. But a lot of people in the audience would sort of be like, Mm, I wish I had a faith story like that. You know, I, I wish I wish my life unfolded in that way. And for me, it was so clear. And this was definitely a God journey because I really felt the Lord speaking this, you know, impressing this love of story on my heart. And I would be like, you've got a story too. And we would chat and, and we, you know, I'd sort of through conversation, help this gal mine her story and value her story, her God story. And so that was really um, on my heart. I mean, I wrote in journals. I thought about it. I prayed about it for really at about 15 to 20 years in some way, shape, or form. And I, I remember, too, and then, then, you know, all the stars came together, if you will, with Kimberly and I getting to know one another at the perfect time when we were both looking for something like this and Circles of Faith really was born out of that, um, a place to share stories that had to do with faith, life, and community. And I remember, Kimberly, at our at our launch party, like a few days before, or a week or so before, I had been just thinking about, you know, sort of where did this all start, and remembering that my grandmother was a, a storyteller, and I used to sit at her feet. And I came across my journal from when I was, I don't know, 21 or 22, and I was, at the time, I was working for a magazine called Working Mother Magazine. And I it was back then that I started to talk about the thing that I really wanted to write about and the thing that I really wanted to be a part of was people's stories. So it made me realize that this was a plumb line in my life, really, honestly, in some ways, almost since I was born. And what comes out of that, and, you know, things are still coming out of it. I mean, here we are doing Slices of Life, which is a lot of storytelling and a lot of story sharing because there's value in it. And and as I like to say, there's value in both sharing our stories, reflecting on our stories, listening to stories. And I really believe they have the power to in, inform, reform, and transform us. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. So. And even by the time we got together, I mean, how long? It was at least a year of getting together at Panera and just talking about these ideas yeah. before it ever became anything. And right. Right. I know it's it's easy to get discouraged because mm -hmm, you feel like mm -hmm. that's not productive producing time, but it right. is. It was um, necessary for us to figure out what we wanted it to look like. It was necessary for us to get to know each other, and you know, absolutely, I think it was just none of it was wasted. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. All those steps that we took, and and that's and that's led to where we are right now. You know, and who knows what it'll what'll happen next. It's cool when you see all those things come together uh, and when at times you feel like you've lost that passion or you've lost that focus. And yet, if it's part of you and it's part of, again, what I consider the dream that the Lord has planted in your heart, 
it's going to come to fruition in some way, shape, or form. And you're going to find yourself picking it back up in some way that you may not have anticipated. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really, it's cool. I like that. I think that's very encouraging. I know it is for me, and I hope it is for others as well. Yeah. So, Kimberly, what have your armchair pursuits been? Hmm. I've had a couple. Um I have a lot, like I have a huge list of things that I would like to eventually do. Like our listeners said at the beginning, things that they would, you know, you'd like, I'd like to learn how to speak French. I would like to learn how to play the piano. I mean, I have a huge list of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be the most well-rounded woman you could imagine if they all came true, but they're yeah. not. Um, it's just too much for one person to do. But, um, but there are a few <laughs> things that have always been uh, in, in my heart, just a, like we talked about, just a little seed that probably was planted in childhood or, you know, in my early twenties that Mm -hmm. has just been like a thread that I followed all along. And, um, one of those, which we've talked about many times on the podcasts and it has been, um, to go back to school and get my graduate degree Mm -hmm. in writing. And for me, um, that is not an end point that I ever, I, I, I never expected myself to actually get a degree in writing. It just, that would have been ridiculous for me to dream of. But again, it began as a seed. It began with a love of books. It began with a love of reading. And the more I read, the more stories took root in my heart, the more I thought, gosh, you know, this is something that's maybe someday I could try. And so I started mm. writing in a journal. And then from a journal, I moved to a blog one day and, you know, it's just been steps upon step upon step and with, mm-hmm. without being able to see the end result. And I, I know where I'd like to go. You know, I would, I would love to have a long lasting writing career, um, you know, writing books and, and all sorts of things. But along the way, you know, it's taken me in all sorts of different avenues that I never expected, but I think just kind of keeping, um, my, my heart open to where it could lead rather than saying it has to end up in this one particular place, um, has been healthy for me to kind of just follow the path and, and just as it unfolds and see, well, what is the next step I can take towards this dream? Mm -hmm. Um, and another, another thing that, um, has been kind of funny and I only just kind of, I came across recently was I was cleaning out, um, my basement. And I had been keeping before Pinterest, when I used to only have, um, house decorating magazines, I'd been keeping ripped out sheets from decorating magazines of pages that I liked and rooms that I thought were beautiful and whatever. So probably from the time I was 26 years old, I've kept all these ripped out sheets in a big file in a, like a plastic bin filed it all together. And, um, And they were really like a dream board for me of what eventually someday when I had money or more money (laughs) than I did in my twenties, um, and a home of my own and, um, you know, kids, like what did I want my home to look like? What did I want it to feel like? So I had gathered all of these things together and then they went in my basement and I had not looked at them for years. I literally haven't looked at them for years. And I kind of stopped doing it because, um, Pinterest came along and, you know, decor magazines just kind of fell away from, you know, my life and and life got busy. But when I pulled them out and I, I 
gave myself some time to look through them, I realized as I was looking through them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the life that we've created. This is the home I've created with my husband. And, you know, the things that I had dreamed of, I can go in my bedroom or in my living room and point to that and say, this, this was something I saw one day 10 years ago. And I really, I filed it away in my mind and in my heart. And this is what I wanted. I wanted my home to feel like this. Mm -hmm. And it was such a wonderful surprise because it was not something I was actively, you know, it wasn't like I'd written down the goal. I want a a room that looks like this with this kind of feel. Um, But it had happened sort of organically as I followed that seed, followed that desire and kind of unfolded in that way. So, um, you know, I mean, that's not awesome not life-changing by any means but it's just it's interesting to see how those things can kind of take root and and where they can go and how we might actually be living into our dream more than we think Mm. we are Mm -hmm. I love that that's beautiful okay so I think um, a lot of what this all boils down to is these seeds start with just kind of thinking and imagining and then from there you start to realize oh my gosh I have a passion I have a real uh I'm really drawn to this, whatever that may be, let's say telling stories. What can I do about that? Well, at the time for me, people were starting to blog. So, oh, I can, I can start a blog and I can plan that and, and, and prepare for something bigger by taking these small steps, writing a post once a week, or, um, you know, sort of like, like Kimberly mentioned, um, I started with some journal stuff and then it developed into a blog. So each step adds up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I would. I would say to your point too that you made before about nothing being wasted. That um, that's really important to remember because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so many times along the way, certainly as I've gone, you know, work towards my degree and and all of those things, it has felt like so much of what I've done has just been wasted. Like I've literally had to throw words away, like print mm. something out and throw it in the trash because it's not going to work or put it aside because it's not going to fit into whatever it is I'm doing. And, um, and I, I think that's pretty much anything in life, right? Any, any pursuit that you're, that you're reaching towards and, and working towards that nothing is wasted. Yeah. No words are wasted. Mm-hmm. No, no rabbit trail is wasted. Nothing you've read is wasted. Like it's all, it's all fertilizer for, yeah. for yeah. that growth. I love that. That's uh, I think that's really important to remember because it does feel sometimes like, oh my gosh, why, why did I do that? Why did I put so much effort into that? And and for example, my blog. I mean, I worked hard on our stories, God's glory, for years, and now it just sits there. And and yet, even in in doing in launching my new website, um, I realize there's content that's really, uh, I think, valuable. But you know. It, it has to be changed up a little bit so that it becomes available or becomes accessible. Um, but it's, it's not all wasted at all. I, I so mm-hmm. even like, you know, I think about that in terms of every little thing and every part of our day, and it can become, become over, almost overwhelming to think about, but all, everything is a deposit in us. Ultimately, every relationship, every conversation, every, everything we write, it doesn't go away. We get, we, we don't grasp it. We don't feel it but it is in there. And I, and I love that thought. I think that's really important. It's called life, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
So I think the common myths are that we don't have time or we don't know enough or we're not capable. And um, Mm -hmm. they can really get the best of us if we allow it. So we put together um, a handful of steps that we're going to run through pretty quickly, but again, will be available in the show notes about how we can kind of overcome those things that try to discourage us and just reinforce this idea of small, simple beginnings. Armchair pursuits are absolutely worth pursuing. Um, So the first Mm -hmm. one, which is, I think, to me, the most common is that you don't have enough time. So I I think it is possible to make time. You know, we've talked before in our podcast about scheduling things, like looking at our calendar and saying, what if I just took 20 minutes every day and focused on this? What if I, Mm -hmm. you know, every morning... While I unloaded the dishwasher, I put a podcast on about this topic that I love that I want to learn more about. Get up early to do that. Um, Do whatever it takes to make consistent efforts. I read this somewhere. I'm sure it was like a chicken soup for the soul book that I read that John Grissom, he got up. He decided that he didn't want to do the lawyer life anymore. And he got up an hour early every day and started Mm. writing. What is it going to take? Like, how can Mm -hmm. you make it a part of your life? Because thinking about it and wishing will get you nowhere. And even your friend, like, I don't think she had a hard and fast way to get her garden, but she started dreaming and she started reading and I'm sure she looked through magazines and I'm sure she did things that fed her soul, but also fed that need and that desire in that particular area. If something's really important to any of us, and again, this is very convicting to me because I know what I don't make time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can find that time because it mm-hmm. becomes one of the most important things. So um, it, it's, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you, can. Yeah, right. you can. If it's really important, you, we, me, I will figure out a place to put it on my calendar. I think I want to encourage people to say it's worth the time. It's all valuable. And if it fills mm-hmm. your soul, place value on I it. I think that's the key. The word value, yes. Mm-hmm. I think we have trouble valuing things that don't lead to something or mm-hmm. don't, as you said, better your family or better yourself or whatever. When it's just sort of, I mean, you know, the value of art. Um, some people really value it, but a lot of people, most of us kind of don't. It's kind of something off there on the side. And yet art has been, art has changed the world. <laughs> so, you mm-hmm. know, it's an interesting interesting thing to think about what we value and and how we put our time, how we match up our time with that. Yeah. And another um, easy way to invest in these things that matter to us is to meet with smart people, to meet with people that know about this stuff. I mean, when I started writing, I kind of was writing in a vacuum until I met Elise and she was like, I write. I'm like, you do. And all of a sudden (laughs) I had somebody to talk to about writing. And now the conversations I was having with her were feeding into my dreams. They were feeding into my ideas. And I think yeah. that was really important mm-hmm. to where I am today in terms of having the courage to write, having the courage to stick with it, understanding other people's struggles in this area and being able to relate to them and knowing that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important. Uh, so, Kimberly, in your post, you mentioned that you were reading some books at the time. Yeah, yeah. When I wrote it, I was reading some books. Um, for some, I, I don't really know what sparked my interest, but I, I started to read quite a few books on entrepreneurial pursuits and um, mm. and just running your own business. And 
none of these apply to me. They they don't apply to me right now. But I I just because I was starting to feel an interest arise in me about this, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to follow this little seed. I'm going to see where it takes me. So I read a number of books. I think I, I read um, Girl Boss and um, Laura Vanderkam's I Know How She Does It. And I read a lot of stuff about time management and how um, working women manage their families and, you know, all of their other um, requirements. And, uh, you know, it, it just... I, I learned so much from it, and even though I'm not applying that in an entrepreneurial way, I don't run a business, I, you know, I don't have any reason to put a lot of this into practice, there were a few nuggets, um, particularly on time management, that I found so helpful that mm-hmm. I thought it was worth reading all of those books if I just pulled out three things that made my life better. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and they did. It really it was it was things that I was able to apply now in my situation, as you know, working part time from home. Um, but that may not always be the case, and I think some of those things will come back into play again at some point in the future. But um, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really any logical reason for me to be reading them at the time. Um, but you know, that's part of kind of pursuing the things that interest you mm-hmm. yeah. and seeing where they might go down the road right I love that I love that you didn't have it directly relating to what you were doing but you were drawn to something and let's see what happens with that you know that's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting yeah and I think the books that you mentioned they do push you to expand your thinking Mm-hmm. You know, yes, to take you out yes. of your box, to challenge the way you approach life and to challenge the way you approach what it is that you are doing. And I think those kinds of books are really important. I think back to some of my favorite books, um, The Magic of Thinking Big, Thinking Grow Rich. I mean, those are old, classic, self-help, like, you know, the originals. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, it changed, my, it changed my perspective. It pushed me to think beyond what I can see in front of me. And I think that... Um, I think that's something that's really important to do, especially if you're going to pursue mm-hmm. something. Um, and just, it's great. Um, I would like to add a book that it, it wasn't, you know, well, it was a life-changing book for me. So God, You Were Made for a God-Sized Dream legitimized my dreaming. And, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, before I read that book, I thought, who are you to think about these writing dreams and to think that maybe you could write a book? Um, but once I read that book, I just felt like, we are, we do have these things sort of planted in our hearts that are part of who we are and they're worth pursuing, even if they don't lead to a book that's going to get published or, um, you know, tons of subscribers and all that kind of stuff. It's just, there has been something that I, that's been placed in me that, um, I value and I believe and I'm, I'm made to value and so made by God to value. And so it's worth it. It helped me to value my dream. Yeah. I think that's what I was doing all along when I was reading those home decorating magazines. I mean, when I, what happened, it's funny how it even started. I I, I never was particularly drawn to them. Um, but a friend of mine moved away and gave me a huge stack of her magazines. Like she was really into her house and really into decorating, gave me this huge stack. And I just started thumbing through them. And the more I got into them and the more I, I saw them, I like this little dreams started to bloom in my heart. And at the time I was living in a rental home in London with someone else's stuff. Like I didn't even have my own things. The house was furnished by someone who had 
terrible taste <laughs> if I say so myself like ratty couches like the house was terrible I mean I was still I was still decorating with things like stuffed teddy bears I mean it was crazy so um so in the natural like there was no there was no you know colonial with four bedrooms and a basement it that wasn't in 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 my mind at all I was living in someone else's home with all of their stuff Mm-hmm. But as I was thumbing through all of those magazines, I just started to feel this this dream come alive in me. Like someday I will have my own home, and mm-hmm. someday this is what I want it to look like. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, did, sort of, you didn't wait to move into your home to say I'm going to start looking at magazines. And so, exactly. the exactly. the product of this kind of thinking is that you're ready when the mm-hmm. time comes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're prepared. Well, it, it's it's exactly Kimberly what you said earlier. It's the imagining stage, and then there's a planning and preparing stage, and then you t- all the, all of a sudden you find you take small steps, and then Kimberly, you go to your basement and you find oh my gosh, all this stuff went into making this home what it is is today, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't dig out the box and yeah. look through all the files. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's cool. I think that's really cool. I love yeah. that. It's fun. Which, you know, you basically did what I was going to suggest next, was learn about your niche. Like, you did it without having the house. You know, we live in a time where so much information is available to us, and it is super easy to get online and listen to a TED Talk or a Q Ideas Talk or a podcast and get the information we need to learn about our niche. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, recently I've had a really strong interest in family culture and creating what your what you want your family to look like and pulling together a mission statement and understanding what values are and not only do I have access to you know blog posts where other families have done the same but I can get on and I can listen to a TED talk by the founder of Zappos and understand how he created a culture like is that necessarily what I'm trying to do with my it's what I'm trying to do with my family but like to the average person that's business. Why are you mm-hmm. listening to that? Well, yeah. guess uh, what? Yeah. I have access to this information and it makes my life richer and it, it makes my endeavors better for it. And so there really is no excuse nowadays to say, well, I can't really get into that because I don't really know much about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, sure. Internet. Right. That's but that's the beauty of the Internet is you really yes. can, you really can pursue anything you want to from your armchair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can get degrees now. You can, you know, yes. Um, yes. get trained in certain areas. It's just it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that when the um, the idea of putting a notebook together or or however you do that, it's it's funny because for years it bugged me when I would have an idea and my husband would literally say, just put it in your folder. Because what he was saying was, you've got the idea, you can't do it right now because you're busy with whatever. But that is a really valuable thing to do. Like, let's say you have an interest in um, the gardening or in writing or whatever, put stuff in a folder. And then, you know, it, it becomes, it, again, it, it can become something without us even realizing it's happening. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're cultivating ideas and you're sort of focusing in a, in a, in a very interesting, non-focused way. So um, I think it's very doable for almost anybody, you know, not even the people who are not uh, necessarily super organized. So I love that. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, hold on to it. Hold on to the information. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we should never 
underestimate the power of community. I think it's really important to share what you've learned and some of your ideas with someone you trust. I mean, I certainly am careful to share my ideas with somebody that's going to encourage me and not somebody who's mm. going to say, that's stupid, why aren't you wasting your time? Because <laughs> I know we all have people like that, you know, maybe family members like that who don't mm-hmm. understand how we use our time and why we're doing what we're doing. But um, but that's okay. They don't they don't need to. It's not their thing. And I think we might have talked about this before. Um, surrounding yourself with people that can encourage you and inspire you. And I, I can't imagine, um, you know, I don't know Christine, but I can't imagine that she didn't talk to anybody about gardening. Like I'm sure she found people to surround herself, not only that were knowledgeable, that, but, but like would get what she's doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be excited for her. And I think I'm sure um, you, you did the same Kimberly when it came to um, whether it's your home or your education, but being sharing your feelings and sharing your ideas with people that would cheer you on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the things that we talked about on the episode, How to Crush Comparison, is to stay away from comparing your beginning to someone else's middle or end, because that can be discouraging. So, you know, when you start, when you decide that you want to pursue something, you can't look to somebody who's spent years and time building what they're building and be discouraged. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that is such a good point. That That's really good there's no way I mean especially a lot of it a lot of it just comes with time and with age and maturity and you know if a 20 something is looking at what a 40 something is doing it there's no comparison in terms of expectations like you can't expect when you're 25 that you're gonna have the life that you have when you're 45 you know but Mm -hmm. you can work towards something use it as fuel to inspire you to you know, continue chasing what you love. Mm, mm-hmm. I really think that one of the things that's hard to do sometimes is to take small steps um, because we want to get there, you know? And so taking st- small steps is part of appreciating the journey that you're on. But the truth is those small steps do add up and they probably, I, I think, it's safe to say they have more staying power than uh, the intensity of really diving deep into something because you happen to have maybe a day to spend on it. But then you're not going to have that day again for a month, two months, three months. I don't know how long. And instead, you just kind of say, OK, well, today I'm going to do this one little thing towards, for example, writing my book. I love the example that you used with John Grisham. He he determined to take sometime every single day and look at him he's a wild author so um I I love that I think that's something that I need to pay attention to because I tend to only write now when I have something due and I really want to get back to uh you know sort of almost it almost feels like you're dabbling when you're doing it for short periods of time but ultimately that that leads up to something more important so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's important to um, that we not give up before we get started, that we don't become discouraged because it seems like it's an impossible dream. It's, it's something that will never happen, but, um, but rather to just allow those things to percolate and kind of take root in our hearts and continue to grow. I mean, growth doesn't happen overnight. It's not an all or nothing. As Lisa was saying, you know, those small steps add up. So if we're, um, 
but, but they're never going to add up if, if you give up out of frustration right away and thinking mm-hmm. that it needs to look a certain way. I mean, part, part of the whole idea of allowing that seed to grow is just allowing it to grow as it will, you know, not, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. trying to contain it in a certain way or, you know, mold it into a certain shape, but really allowing that to happen organically. Yeah. And I think that's very hard to do in this um, goals and strategies and objectives world we live in. But I think it's, I think it's a very wise thing to do. Give it time, you know? Time. Yep. Yeah. That is not a popular thing to say, but that slow growth is ultimately going to be a lot more productive and so true it's going to look so much better in the end that the end result is going to be so much richer and fuller and sustainable Mm -hmm. if you know when it's slow growth and you just take your steps and don't give up and keep moving in you know in a direction so yeah and then you find yourself somewhere Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. You do. Probably not where you intended to end up, but that's, that's the beauty of it, too. right? Yes, that's yes. That makes it an adventure. <laughs> yeah. All right, Elise, what's this week's coaching challenge? Okay, so this week's coaching challenge is to name your dream and then do something with it, um, meaning start a file folder, start a notebook, add it to your bullet journal, and have have it available so that when thoughts occur or when you've learned something new that has to do with your dream, you are sort of keeping a running list um, that's not creating a lot of to-dos and, and a lot of time, but it's just keeping you thinking about this dream that has been um, planted in your heart. Okay, so that's it for this episode. What you've heard here today can be found in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content, and resources delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to us in iTunes and Stitcher so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. Also, let us know what you think about the show. We're on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith.